Heavenly Father, we thank you that we could be here today. We ask that you send the Holy Spirit to us and speak to our hearts and draw us all close. We also ask that you'll be with Pastor Tony. Bless his lips as he gives us your words. And I ask and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. We will now be delighted with a wonderful song titled, Be Still, My Soul. Good morning. 
Today's uh, scripture reading is from Revelation 14, 6 through 12. It's a three angels message. Then I saw another angel flying in midair, and he came, and he had the eternal gospel to proclaim to those who live on the earth, to every nation, tribe, and language, and people. He said in a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has come. Worship him who made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and the springs of water. A second angel followed and said, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great, which made all the nations drink the maddening wine of her adulteries. A third angel followed them and said in a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and its image and receives its mark on their forehead or on their hand, they too will drink the wine of God's fury, which has been poured full strength into the cup of his wrath. They will be tormented with burning sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and of the Lamb, and the smoke of their torment will rise forever and ever. There will be no rest day or night for those who worship the beast and its image, or for anyone who receives the mark of its name. This calls for the patient endurance on the part of the people of God who keep the, his commands and remain faithful to Jesus. Amen. What a beautiful morning we are able to enjoy today. Happy Sabbath, church. Happy Sabbath. So glad to have you here today. Glad that you could make it. It's wonderful to be together. Amen. Today's message, it's titled The True Gospel. And it definitely will give us an insight of what God is doing today and what he wants us to do today. But I'm going to have a bit of a request here. Let's see if it works. I know it's not easy. But those parents who have your children, your, your teens, the youth next to you, Send them up here to the first two rows, please. Tell them to come. I know it's not going to be easy. They hardly want to move sometimes. Just push them and say, hey, he might have something good for you. Just go and listen up to the front. Because today I'm going to be talking directly to them. So I want you guys to come up to the front and look at the beautiful group we have in our church. I am so happy to see every time I walk through the children's ministries, those rooms are full. And that tells us that we have a vibrant church. And I am just amazed to see all these young uh, guys that are here. Some of them, I get to teach them. It's okay, Nathan. It's okay. <laughs> Some of them, I, I get to have them in school. And I said to them, I've been missing you guys. It's been almost two weeks now that I haven't seen you guys. So now, as we are getting ready to start, I want you to be very attentive. Pay a lot of attention to what we're Saying here, because I'm going to have five questions at the end of the sermon. How many? Five. five. So if you have your, your cell phone or, or, or your tablet or a piece of paper and pencil, write things down because you will need to have them close to you by the time we finish. I'm telling you, whoever comes tonight is going to get free pizza. So I invite you guys to be with us tonight at 7 p.m., we're heading out to the gym, we're going to have some games, and we're going to have free pizza for everybody, not just for them, for everybody. But the idea is for them to come. So 
If you're a parent who do, wouldn't want to drive your kid, I tell you, please bring him to the, to the gym tonight. We'll have a very special night with them, a very special moment. They're going to be playing some good games, and I tell you, it's going to be fun. So I want you guys to get excited and come tonight. But before we go into tonight, we're talking about what's happening right after the service. See, some of our, of our uh, mothers and, and sisters and even parents, uh, dads were able to cook a very special meal for you guys today. So there will be some soup, some sandwiches, and some cookies that are being prepared for you guys so you guys can stay and have a nice potluck. Is the rest of the church invited? Of course, everybody's invited. Everyone is welcome to stay today to our first potluck. But we are trying to do something very special for them. This is the special forces that the church has. And what we want to do is, right after potluck, we're heading out to the community. If we see that the rain starts and it kind of gives us that time of the, t of the day that we won't be able to go out and walk on the streets, we have a second project that we're working on here at church. We're going to be making some beautiful cards for our uh, nursing homes in town, for Denny House and for the Seniors Village. So these guys will be working on designing some cards so we can send them a note. Remember that today we're celebrating Global Youth Day. What we're celebrating? Global Youth Day, which means, and, and the theme for this year is remembering the forgotten. This is an activity not only for the youth, it's an activity for everybody, which means that today you can pick up the phone, you can write an email, or you can go visit someone that you haven't seen at church in a good while. Do you know anybody that hasn't come to church in a good while? Maybe who are sick, maybe who, who just can't drive right now for different needs. Today is the day that we can go out and say to them, hey, we miss you. Is there anything I can do for you? Can I help you? Do they have to, to be church members? Of course not. Anyone from the community. This is the day that we take time to go out and share with them the love that Jesus has given us. This group specifically is planning to go out to downtown and help out in the community. If that does not take place because of the rain, we still have another project that we're working on, which is making cars for all the seniors in the seniors' village, Denny House, and anywhere else that you might tell us, Pastor, I have a friend that would love to receive a car from our youth. Let us know so they can do that type of work for them as well. number of things are happening. I'm very excited, but I'm also nervous. Because the message that we are to preach today, usually when I speak to the adults, I have a way to, to connect with them. But when you're speaking to the youth, I tell you it's a different story. So I pray that God will translate my words onto you, that you will understand them and you will keep them in your heart. So let's have a word of prayer today as we start. Heavenly Father, please help us to look at you today in a way that we haven't seen you before. Reveal yourself to us, Jesus. Holy Spirit, allow us to understand what you want us to hear. Truly, we're living in the end times. And we ask you, Lord, to please prepare our hearts and give us the strength that we need that we may preach your gospel with power and might in love and compassion to others. We pray that your church will be revived. And as we see this group of young men, women, and girls coming up to the front to listen to your voice, may you speak to them directly. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Throughout this week, we were able to listen a number of messages. And I know some of you didn't even check Facebook. Some of you don't even have Facebook anymore. The Facebook is for the, for the, do you know that? Do you know that the majority of these kids don't have Facebook anymore? As you're just jumping into Facebook, they're long gone from Facebook. They're, they're not there anymore. And the reason for that is because you're there. If you weren't there, they probably would stay. But since you're there, they don't want to share the same space. So they move on to other platforms, which I'm not going to uh, promote right now. But they are there. Uh, but the thing is that through YouTube and Facebook, we were able to post a number of sermons this week. If you didn't have a, a, an opportunity, take the time maybe tonight, tomorrow. Stay away a little bit from Twitch and all those beautiful platforms that you're using. And, and go watch a sermon from there. Because you will be able to hear God's message for today. Throughout the week, we were able to listen a number of sermons. We were able to listen the whole truth in one book that was preached from Lucas last week. Second sermon we heard was The Real Superhero. Third, Through Star Wars. Look at this title. So it's kind of interesting. Uh, number four, Beauty and the Beast, the true story. Number five, the true and false worship. Number six, the true seal of God. Number seven, the real alien invasion. And today it's called the true gospel. How many of you were able to hear any of these sermons? Don't raise your hand. You're going to make me feel really bad if I only see two hands up. <laughs> Please take the time to listen to that at home. You might say, well, pastor, I'm an older guy. I don't need to hear. It's for everybody. You might be able to find ways to connect to the young younger generation as you're able to listen to some young pastor preaching to them. It's interesting to see the concepts that they are able to get. Now, talking about the true gospel, I want you to open your Bibles to Revelation chapter 14. Open your Bibles, please, to Revelation chapter 14, verse 6 to 12. And, and I tell you, this is important. This is, this is the most important message you need to understand and you need to hear. In one occasion, Billy Graham was walking, and I know this is probably something you wouldn't recognize because Billy Graham is not in your era, and it wasn't mine. It wasn't in mine either. But, but for those of you who are older, you remember who Billy Graham was, and he was walking uh, on on this building. As he was going into the building, he he walked into an elevator, and there was a person there who recognized him. He, he was by now. Uh, uh, he was a very known person, and especially on TV and radio, lots of people knew him. Even if you were, um, if you did not sympathize with the message, you at least knew who he was. It's a name that you have to know who Billy Graham was. But as he was walking into the elevator, this person came up to him and said, "You are truly a great man." He was being polite, and he was telling him, "I know you. I know who you are." I have seen you on TV. I've seen you on the radio. To what he replied, I am not a great man. I just have a great message to preach. And this is true for the time that we're living on. We have a great message to preach. We have a great story to tell. And I love storytelling because I think everybody loves the stories. Last week I was listening to a story um, the sister came up to tell the story to the kids, and I was probably the second, I was on the second road, but I think I was paying more attention than them. I, I love the story that, uh, that she was talking to us. And the Bible is going to tell us a story that maybe some of you have heard, maybe 
Some of you have never heard before. So I want you to open your Bibles, open up your cell phones to Revelation chapter 14, verse 6 to 12. This is important. Nathan, let's have it ready. Let's get a, a cell phone, a Bible, a tablet, whatever we can get. But everybody should have it in your hands. And let's read through what the Bible says. Would anyone like to read? Jay, would you like to read? Come up to the front, please. Let's use this mic. Uh, do we have sound in this microphone? Thank you. 6 to 12. And I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory, for the hour of his judgment has come. And worship him who made the heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. And another angel followed, saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she has made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Then a third angel followed, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and his image and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand, he himself shall also drink the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full, which is poured out full in strength into the cup of his indignation. He shall be tor tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in, in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night, who worship the beast and his image, and whoever receives the mark on his hand, the mark of his name. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Thank you, Jay. Thank you so much. First of all, we need to understand the content of this message. It talks about, about eternal gospel. Do you know what gospel means? Gospel means good news. So basically, the message that we're about to hear is the message of eternal good news. And the good news that we are to know and to preach is the, the birth of Jesus, his life, he was crucified, and he was resurrected. That is good news. When we understand what Jesus did for us, now that becomes good news to us. Because we are now saved because he was able to come to earth to save us all. To resurrect and to give us eternal life as we accept his sacrifice. So when we read the continent of this message. The first thing we understand is that it talks about the eternal what? Good news. The eternal gospel. Number one. Number two. Number two. Pay attention and, and, and make notes because you're going to need this for the end. To whom is this message addressed? To us. What verse does that say uh, to whom is addressed? To, to whom? It is to us and to who else? Only to us? To the world. To everybody. To every language. Every what? Every tribe. Every what? Every nation. And every tongue in this world. Also, it's not only to us. It's to everyone. Now... First of all, we know that the message is eternal and it's good news. Number two, we know that it's for everybody. And now number three, 
How is this message to be proclaimed? In silence. Quietly. Scared. Ashamed. Afraid. How? How, Sophia? How are we to proclaim this message? How are we to tell the world that Jesus is coming again? How are we to tell the world that Jesus came to this world? He died for us and he was resurrected. Therefore, we have also the opportunity to eternal life. How are we to tell the world that Jesus is our king? How? The third angel or the message says that he came with a loud voice. The angel crossed the sky. It means that he was fast. He wasn't slow. He wasn't like... You know, picking a leg and seeing if he would walk, as we often do. I've seen some of you. I've seen myself walking sometimes. And when I walk, I feel like, man, my back cracks now. And, and it's just slow. But the Bible says that this message is to be given rapidly, with a loud voice. It means that it needs some youth powered in it, you know. It needs some strength. If we are to give a message, and please, folks, don't take this personal. This is only for reference. But we need to get to point A to point, from point A to point B. And I have a 99-year-old and I have a 15-year-old who will get there faster. Well, you might say, well, the 99 might have a driver license and that could make it work. But I'm talking about walking. I'm talking about speed. The youth have the strength that we Often lack. They have the power that we sometimes don't have anymore. The stamina, the way to just get up and keep on going. This is a message that you guys are to preach to the world. It requires people that are able to just move and say, hey, it's my time. It's my calling. It is my moment. I remember in 2004, I was, uh, I was at the Camp Re Faith on Fire. That was back in 2004, a number of years ago. And I remember Pastor James Black. He was preaching to the youth. He was preaching to us. And he said, you might be sitting here today asking what is going to happen with the world tomorrow. What is going on with your family? What is going on with your friends? But I need you to know, sometimes we ask, Lord, what about me? I care that this is a, an eternal message. I care that this is for the whole world. I care that this is to be, to be preached rapidly. I, I, I get that everybody needs to hear this in a quicker manner because the world is falling apart. So people need to be awakened now. People need to know that there is something coming to this world. And we all get that. But oftentimes at this age, my biggest concern is what about me? What role do I play in all this drama that is happening in the world? Oftentimes, I feel the same way you feel, or I used to feel that way, where I ask myself, what about me? I mean, the pastor talks about Jesus coming. The church says that this is happening. My mom and dad says this, and even the friends of them come and talk about these concepts. But what about me and my projects, my plans, my idea of life, my vision? Let me tell you, God had you in mind when he thought about this Sabbath. You're not here just because your parents brought you out of the bed and said you have to go because the pastor said that it was a Sabbath for the youth. You came because God had a plan for you already. 
For I know the plans that I have towards you, says the Lord. Plans of good and not of evil. When I think about you, Nathan, when I think about you, Carson, I'm thinking about good things for you. That's what the Lord says. To give you a future and a hope. There is hope in the middle of this future that we're living on. If I was their age, I would probably get discouraged at times. When I hear people preaching from up here, there is no more time, there is no grace, there is no love. It gets discouraging. Because you might have kids and you might be an older person who now has grandkids. But what about the young ones looking into the future? Is there a bright future for them too? Of course there is. If it is in your hands and mine, probably there is no, no, and there is no hope for it. But I'm glad that it's not in my hands or yours to determine their future. It's in God's hands. And God has promised that in the midst of that future, he will give them hope. And I tell you guys, there is nothing better to have and to, 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 to have in your heart in a, in a day like this, in times like this, than hope. That hope that the world cannot give you, nor it cannot take it from you. The hope that comes from Jesus himself. But now we're about to listen to the three angels message. Now, why is this important? Why do we talk so much about three angels message? Why do we as a church are very, very uh, adamant, very keen on talking about the three angels message? Why do we preach about the three angels message? Number one is good news. Number two, it needs to be heard everywhere. Number three is the last message. That we have to preach unto the world. This is the last message. I, I, well, I don't think you guys understand. It is important. If we are not preaching this message, then what we are preaching. So you might think, so what is, what is so important about the three angels message? Well, I'm going to give you today a summarized version of what you need to know about the three angels message. Are you ready? Message number one. Pay attention and write it down because you need it. The first message, it's a call to worship. What is a call? A call to worship. And, and I know we use these words that are hard to understand. What's worship? It's another concept. I mean, talking to the adults, we kind of understand what worship is. But do they understand what worship is sometimes? It's Quite difficult. This is the lingo that we use on, an, on a regular basis. But I'm 10 years old looking at you thinking like, I don't know what worship is. Well, let me tell you what worship is. Worship means that you are to devote your full attention to that specific item or being without looking somewhere else. Do you understand what worship is? Tell me about things that you worship so much. And, and, and please don't look at your parents. Things that you look into on a regular basis, hours and hours and hours long. Skateboarding. Skateboarding. What else? Mon money. Money. Well, yeah, that could be a, a money. What else? Phone. Phone? F phone? Anybody worshiping a phone now? Uh, you might tell me no, but if I look into your screen usage, it will say 12, 15 hours a day. Now the phone actually tells you how many hours you're using your screen. A lot of things. Well, the first angel 
when he calls out, remember that he's flying through the sky with a loud voice. In fact, the, the concept that uses in Greek is called megaphone, which now in English we know it as megaphone. Well, megaphone, is that the right pronunciation? So basically it says that it's using some sort of a, 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 a artifact that expands the voice so everyone can hear it. So as it's flying on top, it's, it's being so loud that no one can miss it. No one can say, well, I didn't get the chance to hear it. I didn't get the opportunity to listen. In fact, everyone will get to hear the three angels' message because they, they all need to be confronted with the truth. They all need to make one stand, whether to the right or left. Everyone will get that opportunity. You will get it. Your kids will get it as well. This is so important because the whole world will know about this truth. Now, the first angel, the message that he is giving us is a call to worship. It seems that in these days, there would be so many things calling our attention that we would be so divided between worshiping one thing or another. We say money, and, and I, love, I, I love youth because they're very sincere in that aspect. They don't quote so many things around. Money, don't raise your hand. Just your conscience. Just understand what, what, what the concept is. Phones, devices, skateboarding, hobbies, likes, sports. We will get to the point that God would need to make a very great call saying, hey, listen, it is time for us to start worshiping what is right and leave aside what is wrong. Let's read it, please. Revelation chapter 14, verse 6. Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to, the, to, the dwell, to, to those who dwell on earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to Him. What does it mean to fear God? Respect. What does it mean to fear God, Jay? Nathan? What does it mean to fear God? Should I be afraid of God? Should I hide from God? Should I neglect a relationship with God? The angel comes up and says, listen to all the human beings. Fear God and give him glory. This is the first message we are to preach unto the world and to ourselves. We are to listen to this message. For one important reason, the hour of his judgment has come. Fear and give glory to, those, to the one who created everything that you see in the world. Do not worship. Do not bow down. Do not uh, appreciate more the objects that are made. But the creator itself. See, it, there is a world, a, a war right now that is taking place. Who am I going to give more likes to? Who do I like the most? Who, who do I follow the most? 
and I see a lot of YouTubers, and I see a lot of bloggers, and, and, and there's some that I like, and I say I follow. There's some that I just like, no, it's a waste of time. But this is currently happening right now. Now God is saying to all of us, click follow where you are listening to my message. Like this message. Share this message. This is something important for us in today's time. The first call, it's a call to worship. We cannot keep worshiping everything around us. We need to start worshiping the creator of everything. This is a problem that we're facing in today's time. And you might say, Pastor, well, I heard that message 50 years ago. Well, the problem is still the same. We keep on worshiping things that we shouldn't be worshiping. And in today's time, this message is not just for those who are outside the church. It's for those who live on this earth. Are you a citizen of the world? Well, this message is for you. God is calling us to a true worship. Meaning that we need to establish a clear relationship with him. And cut ties with whatever is impeding that relationship. Brothers and sisters, this is serious. This is, this is the true essence of the eternal gospel. We cannot follow the, the Christ, the Lamb, if we are deviating ourselves or we are distracted with something else. Does this make sense? You can't follow your, your, your best blogger or, or, or sport uh, while you're following another one. There, there were some real issues in some countries when it comes to fans and how fans fight to each other because they are following their team to an extreme to the point that they're willing to even hurt themselves to that, to that point. Jesus is now saying, it is time for you guys to take a stand on my team. If you are to put the, the shirt, you need to put the uniform of my team. You cannot wear the other colors because you are following my lead. Number one, a call to worship. Number two, what's the second, the second angel's uh, message? The second message, it's a call to the defense of the truth. See, it is hard to know what's true in today's time. Relativity, it, the relativity, is that right? Theory has brought us so much inconsistency with what we believe. So much trouble to the point that there's some people questioning, are we in a dream or are we actually at this moment in life and point in, in history? When you talk about everything being relative, there is nothing truth and there is no fundamental. There is not a strong point to stand on what you believe on. Jesus is now calling us to defend the truth. Do you like when somebody comes to you and says bad things about your friend? And you know that those things are not right. What do you do? Do you like them? Do you stop them? Do you correct them? Or do you stay quiet? You defend your friend. What do we do when we hear things being said? Or teach? Or preach? Or share in a wrongful manner about Jesus? Do we stay quiet? Do we like that? Do we share that? And I'm giving a hard time to the audio guys. Very sorry for that. 
The second message says, Babylon, the great city, has fallen, for it has made all the nations drink of the wine of the fury of their fornication. What we need to understand is that Babylon has a great power to deceive. You remember what Babylon means. For those of you who are in my class, we just recently learned that. Babylon means confusion. And Babylon has given everybody, not just few, everybody, the knowledge of her confusion. Means that in this world, there is a movement that is wanting to deceive as many people as possible. You need to understand that we're in the middle of a war. And as you are watching TV, sitting at home thinking that everything is good, there are a number of things being presented there that are going to try to deceive you every single time you're watching it. Every single time we're spending time on the computer, on the phone, on the radio, on every media platform, there are a number of items that will try to deceive us as much as possible. The only way, the only source where we can find the truth it's on what you're holding on your hands, Sophia. The Bible. That means that we need to learn what the Bible says. We need to be able to understand the word of God. We need to be able to create a relationship with that word. There shouldn't be nothing better to read than the word of God. So the second angel calls out and says, listen, do not be deceived by Babylon. Because She's going to try to lie to everybody. And I tell you in today's time. It's almost impossible to find the truth. Amen. The enemy has made so many replicas of what the truth is. To the point that it's quite hard to know what the true essence of the truth is. Or, 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 or the original version of it. I was talking to my friends last week. My, one of my friends, he's selling his sneakers. And let's not do any commercials here. But he, he sells his sneakers. And, and he goes online. He bids for certain Jordans. And then he goes onto another page. And he sells them. And he makes some money out of it. And as he was telling me about his business, he said, but you have to be very careful. You have to know your product. Because Jordans are being uh, falsified or, or copycat to, to a point that it's just impossible to know what a true Jordan looks like. I mean, you see another replica, you see another version of it, quite cheaper, but you can't tell the difference unless you, you, you will look for a specific, a specific elements. It's the same thing that is happening to this time with the truth. It's so hard to know what's real. Even the people that you follow online, they tell you, well, I'm telling you the truth. Later on, you find out that they were lying. We see it all the time. And people go back and say, well, I'm sorry, I was lying. I was making money out of it. The second angel, it's a call to defend, to a defense of the truth. Meaning, how can I defend with my life the truth about Jesus? When everybody says that Jesus is mean, that Jesus is not love, that Jesus doesn't care for us. How can I prove to them that I know that he does not look like what they're describing? How can I do that? How can I tell the world that Jesus truly loves us? How can I do that? 
Because this is the conflict. There's a group of people that are saying, whatever you're preaching, whatever you're believing, doesn't make any sense. It shouldn't stay. How can we tell this world that Jesus is truly our Savior? Number one, my actions. The way I live. It's hard to tell people to believe on what I believe. And they might, repl- they, they might say what you're saying is not true. And they might have ways to present a different message. But one thing they cannot take from you is your testimony. Amen. One thing they will never take from you is your life and your values. That should never be stripped from you. They cannot take that. You remember Daniel at the king's palace. They said, your king is not worthy. Your God cannot defend you. We just took your city. We burned your city down. We took everything you, you thought it was valuable. We destroyed your family. Did Daniel give up? No. What was something they could never take from Daniel? His God. His friendship with God. His relationship, his willingness to trust God regardless of what everybody was saying. In fact, he said, look, I am not going to defile my God. Whatever, you you can even kill me if you want to. But I will not stop believing on what I believe. If you decide to have such a relationship with God in today's time, you can go anywhere in the world. And you hardly will need to preach. Only if you're walking around, people will see that you truly love and you truly follow a God who's alive into this time. See, this is important, church, because oftentimes we feel that we are called to be a passive workers on the vineyard, but we are not. We are called to active duty, which means that I am called to defend the truth. So what does that mean, Pastor? Should I go and make a rally and, and, and put up a poster saying you guys are lying? What it means is that I should follow the Lamb wherever He takes me. And as I do that, people will be able to see the truth from the lies. There are a number of Christians right now taking a stand on, 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 the, on the right wing or the left wing thinking that that's the way to defend the truth. The way to defend the truth is by living a life connected to God. He will do what is needed to be done. He will take you even in the days of Daniel. He took them all the way to Babylon. So they may represent him with his character among the leaders of the world. Couldn't God do that to us right now? Of course he can do that anytime he wants. Couldn't he take any of these young guys? I'm telling you, God can do that and much more. But it is our time and our duty to defend the truth. Babylon is deceiving the world. And the only way I may stand in the right is if I follow him. I will be deceived if I stop following Christ. Please be assured of this. No one can stand before Babylon unless Christ is standing before you first. Let me repeat this. There might be one or two that feel that, well, I can do this on my own. I have so much knowledge. I have experience. I've, I've gone through the books. I've read back and forth. That will not work. It is not on your judgment. And it is not on your righteousness. That you will be able to stand. 
It's only if Michael is fighting the fight for you. There's nothing else we can do. Well, pastor, what about my part? Of course, there's a part that you and I play in this matter. Consecrating ourselves to God on a daily basis. Submitting ourselves to him. Surrendering our will to him. But he is the one that will fight this battle. We just listened to a beautiful song saying, stand still. Stand still and know that I am God. Now, standing still doesn't mean that you're just sitting there idling, doing nothing. It means that you are praying. You're working towards God. You're, you're having a relationship. You're having a friendship with him. See, the second angel's message is calling us. To come out of Babylon, to work out of Babylon, to stay awake, to be awakened, to know that we have to defend the truth. Not necessarily with posters, but with our lives. The world is looking for Christians who truly do what they say they do. There is no greater sermon than the one that is preached by someone who's living according to God's purpose. There is no greatest sermon preached by a family than a family that is well ordained in God's purposes. That's it. So you're not talking about going up in war and, and establishing a, a regime. And No. That's not what God is calling us to do. What he's calling us to do is to live according to the purpose he called us to. The one who calls us out of darkness to his light. To preach his message. See, this is wonderful because God is including us in the process. He could have done it himself. The angels could have done it themselves. But it is for us to share with the world. Third angel's message, please come to, come to that part. The third angel's message is a call to fidelity. What's fidelity? Do you, do you know that word? Anybody? Fidelity. Any other word to, to use besides fidelity? Faithfulness. Faithfulness. Yes. Loyalty. Constancy. Constancy. A call to faithfulness. A call to loyalty. The Lord is calling us in today's time to endure the fight that we enroll ourselves into. When you were called by Jesus... You were not just called to be part of a group of people who sits in benches, in pews. You were called to be his disciples. And to be a disciple is the greatest title you could ever have. To be a disciple of Jesus is the greater title anyone could ever achieve. Amen. To be a disciple, a follower of Christ. Now the turning of message is calling us to be faithful to that calling. To stay faithful, to stay on task, to endure. Because Jesus is coming very soon. And anyone that deceives himself. And anyone that turns back is not going to make it. So what we need to do. Is keep pressing forward. But as we do it Nolan. We got to get others. Jude and Jay and say hey let's keep walking through God. Let's keep doing this together. We can't let anybody go. We don't want to lose anyone anymore. We're tired of losing people. We're tired of losing our youth. Amen. The most precious things we have in this church. We cannot do that anymore. The fidelity, the, the relationship, the, the, the loyalty. 
It's not to the pastor. It's not to the church or the elders. It's towards God. And when we do that, we're going to bring more people with him along. It is time for us to stand and preach the gospel like never before. Jesus is truly coming again. He is calling you and calling me. And and I know, I, I understand, all of us have a different way of looking at the cross. See, when you look at the cross, you have different angles. The, the terrain is plain. Everyone is standing on the same ground. But the angle is different. The view is different. Everyone has its own view because everyone has its own personality. But we all are aiming to the same goal, which is saving as many possible. Bringing as many as we can. Today, you guys are the ones who are going to take that lead. Soon, the people that you see behind you are not going to be here. And I'm sorry to say that. But that's what happens when life goes on. And the one thing we cannot let is this light go away. We need to keep this light burning. In order for for us to do that is we need to connect to God in a way that people will be able to see the light in the middle of darkness. I know you see the news and I know you get to hear what's going on around the world and and how one country is going against another and how our economy is going crazy. and, And I know you get those things. But do not worry about those things. God did not call us to worry about what's happening with one country and another. And I'm not saying to be indifferent. No, that's not what I'm saying. But God did call us to reach the world with his message. That's what we are out to do today. We're going to go out. And and listen, somebody might say, well, but what about picking garbage? Is garbage preaching the gospel? Many of us. Use a suit, gloves, boots, whatever the method you use, the goal is the one that counts, which is reach the world. There are two things that we're working today, and I want to explain this to the adults because it's important for you guys to know. When we call the youth to come together and do an activity, number one, What we want them to do is to feel safe together. It's been over two years since we haven't done anything with them. So the first thing we want to do is for them to come. If we achieve the first goal, which is coming, I think we're already winning. Because they have tons of places where they could be at this time. And they decided to be sitting here. So God is already working on them. Now as we go out, we might say, Pastor, they're better methods. Of course they are. And I'm sorry, I'm only a human and I might not have the best methods that that, that you might see. But as we go, I tell you, God is going to work on their hearts. But they're only going to be jumping on the street. Let them jump on the street. This is probably the first time they ever go out on the street jumping because of God's commitment. You see what I'm saying? It's not the same thing when you go jumping on the park because you want to play and have fun. Than when you go out and do something because God is asking you to do it. Because you want to show the world who you are. Sharing your faith. Pray for our young adults at church. Pray for this generation. 
that this will be the generation that will see Jesus Christ coming back. Pray that this sleeping giant will wake up. If this giant wakes up in our church, I tell you there will be nothing for us to do. They'll take over. Somebody asked me, Pastor, what are you planning to do if they take over? I'll let them do it. And I'm sure a lot of people will say, Pastor, we want you out. Okay, I'll go out, but let them work. Because if they take, if they are taken by the power of the Holy Spirit, the possibilities are endless. We are too afraid oftentimes. We are too scared to let them drive the car. They are all enough. Samuel, Moses, David, Joseph, Daniel. I'm telling you, they were all young folks running God's business. God is calling them because he has a purpose for them. God is calling you because he wants to use you in today's time. It's not about tomorrow. It's not about 10 years on the road. 10 years on the road, you probably got to be married with kids and you won't have enough time to, to dedicate life, your life to God. It is right now that you don't have any responsibilities that you can give everything to God. You want to get to know the world, this is the way. You want to travel to cities, this is the way. Serve the Lord. As you dedicate yourself to, the, to, to God, he can open you the world. Don't expect until you have a relationship or you're married or you have kids. Ask them how much they can give to the Lord. Ask them. They're too busy. Their agendas are full. They have no time. They try. But it is hard once you have all these other responsibilities. When is the best time that I can serve the Lord? This age. This time. That all you can worry about is where am I going to sleep? Don't worry. The Lord is going to provide a bed for you. Where am I going to eat? Man, I tell you, the best meals are the ones that you have no idea where they're coming from. I was preaching this Sabbath at this church. This was in Surrey. And I remember we hadn't eaten in two days. I, th I was probably a good hundred something pounds less. To show you a picture one day, and you'll say, is that the pastor? Uh, we hadn't eaten in two days. We were eating every other day basically with uh, maruchan. I don't know what you call it, like one of those three-minute soups. That's what we were doing. That's what you do when you're studying. Basically, so don't come to me saying, Pastor, you, I'm sorry, that's, that's what you have. It's an economy for what you can buy or pizza, whatever is cheaper. But two days we had an eaten. That was Thursday and Friday. We were only drinking water and going to sleep. So we could sort of, you know, hibernate a little bit. Otherwise, you, you lose all your energy. And Sabbath came. And that Sabbath, they invited me to preach, to, to preach at this church. And, and I remember going to that church we were hungry. We had a good glass of water. Good thing that the mind already knows that Sabbath morning we don't eat breakfast. That's something that we've done ever since we were kids. So Sabbath morning, my personal, don't eat breakfast. I can wait until 1, 2 o'clock and then I'll have lunch. So that Sabbath morning I was all right. I had a couple of glasses of water. We went to that church. Uh, we went into the Sabbath school and boy, it was like a like an MMF fight, you know, one of those fights that people were going against each other badly, badly. I sat there and I looked at the people going up, saying comments on this side, coming. I know that doesn't happen here, but that happened way over there, and it was bad. I was sitting there, I was 20 years old, 21 years old, when I looked at that and I said, boy, the sermon that I had prepared for this church, I think I need to change it because it needs to be something different according to the times and needs. So I changed the sermon, and I preached a sermon there. 
I remember when I finished the sermon, there was an old lady that came out to the gate. And as I was standing at the very back of the door, she came up to me and she hugged me and she said, son, I finally get to meet the pastor. Thank you, pastor, for coming. And I said, no, 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 wait, I'm not the pastor. I'm just visiting here and I was invited. But I'll make sure the pastor puts a picture up there so you get to know him. I know that doesn't, hopefully that doesn't happen here, but I know it happens somewhere else. And she was so excited to get to see the pastor for the first time in years. So I said, no, I'm not the pastor. The first elder came up and said, guys, you want to come to our house to eat? Uh, we know you, you're hungry, so come to my house. It was my friend and I. He's also a pastor now. His name is Eliezer, and he's serving the Lord in the south uh, part of Mexico. He runs 40 churches currently. That's how many churches he's pastoring in the south of Mexico, Chiapas, 40 churches. That's kind of the average of what pastors do down south. And, and, and I'm telling you, this guy said, Can you, you guys want to come to eat to our house? I said, you know what? I don't know. Previously, I've heard that his wife was sick and he, was, and he had lost his job. So he, he wasn't working in those days. He had two daughters, two little girls, and he invited us to eat. I said, you know what? We have food at home. Don't even worry. People are waiting for us at home, so don't, don't bother. Don't, it's okay. We'll, we'll eat when, when we get home. My friend just hit me like, what are you talking about? We don't have any food. We haven't eaten in two days. I said, man, but didn't you hear that he's not working? He has two girls and his wife is sick. That's why she, could, she couldn't come to church. I said, I don't, I don't want to go eat at his house. We're going to end up finishing the food he has for his daughters the rest of the week. So we said no. In fact, right after that, and instead of going home, we went to pray for a family. And, and I know this is very touchy, but this is what happens in our churches and everywhere around. This family was mourning the loss of their daughter. I think she was probably early 20s. She had hung herself, hung herself the day prior. When we went to that house, I, I prayed and, and I said, Lord, what can I say? For a number of years, the family didn't come to church and didn't want to do anything with church. And that's not the reason why she would do something like that. I don't know what would happen. But the truth is that we had lost another person that shouldn't be lost. We went home. It was around 4 o'clock by then. And, and my friend was still telling me, man, we should have gone to eat. We haven't eaten in two days. What are we going to do when we get home? Sleep again? Because that's all you do when you're hungry two days. Drink water and sleep. That, that way the, the wanting of it goes away. It's a good advice. Make sure you don't use it too often. You guys got to be awake. We get home. And our sister, or the sister where we were staying, she was hosting us at her house. She's like, guys, can you go in the back of the car? They're in the trunk. Um, the other church where we didn't go that Sabbath said, there was a family at church that sent you guys some, some things for you guys to eat. Go look in the back of the car. We went to the back of our car, and I tell you, there were like a good eight to ten bags full of groceries. Amen. Packed. Like we had food for more than two weeks. We went to a room. We put the food there, and we knelt down, and we started crying. Because when you serve God, he'll take care of all your needs. He will provide for every single time, every single need you have. But you have to be willing to trust. You have to be willing to walk. You have to be willing to get up and say, you know what? I'm going to fall. I'm going to see if the pastor is right. I'm going to do it. Do it once. You will never be disappointed. 
In fact, let me tell you what's scary. Once you do it once, you'll never go back to not do it again. Because this life is so wonderful. And you can do anything. I've traveled to another place, to another country without any money in my pockets. How does that work? And I'm telling you, God is powerful. I was in my last day of, of college. I had my tuition for that full year wasn't covered. And my wife's that semester we got married. And I trying to be a big boy, I said, don't worry, I'll pay for her career too. Her last semester, I didn't know what I was getting myself into, but that was a lot of money. Turned out that that semester we got robbed and, and the money went away and we didn't have any money. My first day of work, I said to the conference, I would like to start working, but I have this debt, which is a lot of money, and I want to pay it before I commit myself to the church. I don't want to be working for the church thinking that I owe this much money to the university. So I said, can you give me this summer so I can go work, pay off my debt, and then I come back to work on the fall for you guys. <sighs> this guy came up to me and said, make sure you present yourself the 1st of March, 2013, you present yourself at this church, at this district. It's going to be your first day of work. You don't have any debt at the university now. You don't owe anything there. We're covering all you and your wife's expenses for the past year. Amen. How does that happen? When you dedicate yourself to God and you work for him and you just let go. He will provide for you. He will give you anything you need. But it is now on your side of the, of the cord to decide what you want to do. You can decide to live a life just like anybody. Or you can decide to live your life to the fullest. Trusting on God and preaching his gospel. This angel's message is important because the whole world needs to know. It's important because it's coming fast. It's important because Jesus is returning very soon. It's important because people are dying right now. And they need to learn about this hope. It's important because you and I have the possibility to be part of. It's important because there is no more time to waste. We now need to get up and do our part. There is no time to waste. We have a very little window here. I don't know how long it will take before the church gets shut down again. I have to be open with you. And I have to be honest. We don't have too much time anymore. If you're thinking this is going to take another 50, 30 years. You're probably wrong. And I'm not trying to set any dates here. We cannot do that. But we have to be awake and see that the Lord is coming again. Jesus is giving us the signals now. Hey, things are coming. Things are working. Things are happening. Make sure you stay on the side of the truth. How can we do that? The only way I know how to do that is by working for him. That's the only way that I know how this can be worked out. If you're planning to stay on your desk and analyze the fact and go through, you're going to waste your time. Dedicate your life to his service. And as you serve, he will save you. As two weeks ago, we were preaching about this concept. And we were saying he promised to be with us every day of our lives, even until the end of this world, as we go. 
not as we stay, go out and preach unto the world. As you go, I will be with you. Pastor, how do I go? I tell you there are a number of things. Call your friend. Send an email. Go visit somebody tonight. But they don't like us. doesn't matter whether they like you or not. It's not about you. It's about what you have. You have a great message to be here, to be preached. Share them in his gospel. Cook a bread. Cook some cookies. Do a soup. Whatever needs to be done. But share with someone that Jesus is coming again. I pray that God will use us all today. As we go out and reach this world. Thank you. For bringing your kids to the church. Thank you for bringing them to God. God is going to use them. But we have to do our part now. Let's pray for them. I want to have a very special prayer this morning. For all our youth here at church. I know they're struggling with many things. This is not an easy uh, request. But what's impossible for God? There's nothing impossible for God. He used to take only one of these guys and he wakes him up and he lights him up with the power of the Holy Spirit. I tell you, things will happen in this church the way you've never seen before. We're not praying for all of them. Just one that will ignite the rest. It only took one to believe that they could defeat the army and Goliath. And everybody was blessed. Let's stand up as we close with prayer today. Come, guys. I want you guys to come to the center of this church. Come to this center, please. Let's stand on this side, please. Now that we're able to be together closer, come to this side. We're going to have a very special prayer for you guys. I'm going to invite the elders of our church, all of our elders. Come around the youth. We want to have a prayer for them. Kadesh, come this way. Good to think that I know your name. <laughs> Let's have a prayer for them. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you with the special army that you have built upon this church. We pray that you will use them powerfully, Lord. We pray that they will dedicate their lives to your service. That they will be your disciples. Whether they go to school or work or even play, they will remember that they have a great message to preach. And this is Jesus Christ coming again where all of this is going to be finished. That we are to follow the Lamb wherever He goes. I pray that they will develop a relationship with Christ. That they truly will see Him as their best friend. Thank you, Lord, for our church and our families represented here. Bless their parents, their sisters, brothers, all of their family. Bless our church. May you use them powerfully and may you help us to stay put and quiet if it's necessary. That we may see the blessing going through them. And we don't become the vessel that stops the blessing. Bless our adults. And our families represented here, Lord. This in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.
Let's go back to our seats, please. Sophia, let me ask you to share this with the rest. Everybody have one, please. Carson, can you help me give them out to the rest of the kids over here? We have a paper with you in your hands. It's called the reflection. Let's take the time to reflect on those words as we hear the music play. <laughs> 